I would not blame IU fans if they're still in shock about how abruptly everything ended this season, but the show must go on, and the Hoosiers have reached out to a number of very intriguing names in the transfer portal already. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen today, and especially this week. It's been a tough week already. It's only uh, Tuesday night as I record this, but uh, still, if you're like me, there's still a little bit of of shock that that suddenly basketball is done in Bloomington. So a lot to to still deal with there, but the Hoosiers are not waiting around when it comes to the transfer portal. And we have a three very interesting names to talk about in today's episode. First, I want to thank FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On, for sponsoring this episode. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We previously mentioned a couple weeks ago one transfer target, Chris Ledlam, that the Hoosiers had reached out to. They had stayed active in reaching out to transfer targets uh, and people that were in the portal, but I hadn't mentioned them. I was planning on mentioning them this week with uh, how many tournament games there were. There just wasn't really time to also throw that in. Again, I didn't specifically plan for... There to be no games, but nonetheless, we have a couple of interesting names to discuss, starting with Nick Timberlake, a transfer from Townsend, Townsend, Towson, however you say it. He is perhaps the name you need to know most right now, because it sounds like that he is right now, as we talk very early in the process of the transfer portal, the top target for the Hoosiers to try to land in Bloomington. As I said, transferring from Towson after four seasons, he has uh, one year because, or he has one more year of eligibility. He was granted a medical red shirt after his first season where he only played nine games. Jake Weingarten of Stock Risers reported that IU is involved. If you go to places like Peegs, they, uh, Rab Johns, who I'm sure many of you are familiar with, has confirmed IU is very much involved with uh, Timberlake and that he very much appears to be their top target right now. There's a lot of reasons why that makes sense. Timberlake is listed at 6'4", 205 pounds as a guard. That alone is a big bonus because IU doesn't have a, a lot of size in that regard. Uh, on the perimeter, he was first team all conference last season, and he had a, some interesting um, comments when talking to Brandon Jenkins of Two Four Seven Sports about what he is looking for at his next stop. "Quote: Playing in the CAA, I would like to take a step up, whether it be a Power Five school or a high level team." I want to go somewhere where I feel comfortable. I'm open to all options, but my main goal is to play at the highest level. That stuff plays a big role. I'm looking to be an impactful player on a winning team. 
I want to compete in March Madness and get my feet wet in the tournament. It would be a great thing to accomplish. There's lots of comp- uh, competition for Timberlake to get his signature, I guess. I don't, I don't know. To get his services in uh, for uh, across the country, not just the Big Ten. Indiana, Ohio State, Maryland, Memphis, Butler, UNC, Oregon. Everybody is very interested in him. Why? Because he is an elite three-point shooter. Uh, For his career, he's just a 37.9% three-point shooter, but over the last two seasons, he's taken a very noticeable jump in terms of attempts and uh, makes. So over the last two seasons... He is a 41.2% three-point shooter on 413 attempts. Uh, His fourth year, he actually spent five years at Towson. So his fourth year, he shot 192 threes and made 40%. His fifth year, last season, he shot 221 threes and made 41.6% of them. So he is... A high-volume, high-efficiency shooter. He takes shots inside the arc. Uh, he's a forty. He shot 45% from the field in general last season. But this is a guy, I think, if he... Uh, it, it seems like he will when he goes to a high-major program. They're going to utilize his three-point shooting ability. And that is very much where he excels the most. I mean, just for reference... 190 attempts, making 40% of them, that is rare. That is high efficiency and high volume. I looked it up, dating back to 1992-93, there have only been three players at IU that have shot at least 190 attempts and made 41% of them in a single season. If you thought about it, you can probably get it. If you want to pause and try to think about it, you can probably get it. Certainly two of them. One of them was James Blackman. One of them was Yogi Ferrell. One of them was Robert Vaden in 0506. Uh, those are the only three people to have 190 temps and hit 41% of them. That's the type of, I don't want to say player, but that's the type of shooting that the Hoosiers would be getting in Timberlake. So you can see why he is highly sought after. IU did not have that. IU as a team just did not shoot three-pointers last year. You, We talked about it a lot. You saw different uh, like charts and graphs about IU was uh, an efficient three-point shooting team last year. They shot 36.8% as a team, but they only shot 550 or 44 three-pointers as a team. Timberlake by himself shot 221, so not far off. Half as many as IU shot as a team. IU's most prolific three-point shooter, Miller Cop, shot 142. So that's 80 more. You could put together Cop and Jalen Hood Shafino, and you're only barely more three-pointers than uh, Timberlake shot last year. So 100%, that is why he is being sought after by Indiana. There's a number of things the Hoosiers need to improve upon. We're going to do kind of the post-mortem uh, pieces on the men's team, the win- women's team. We have a lot to kind of recap the season, but we needed to talk about these these names in the transfer portal because all this stuff moves so quick. 
we needed to talk about it first. IU has to get better shooting the three-pointer. They played a very, almost want to call it archaic brand of basketball this year. It was it worked. They had to do it with the the personnel they had. They need to take a step forward into the modern era, and that involves three-point shooting, and that involves players like Timberlake. So don't be surprised if IU tries to bring him in for a visit to the campus in Bloomington in the coming days or week uh, or weeks, but Timberlake certainly seems like someone the Hoosiers are going hard after right now. He would be a, he would be a big get. Indiana needs shooting. They need to re- replace uh, players on the wing, players around the perimeter. IU had no depth in that regard by the end of the season. So you're losing Jalen hood Shafino for sure. Maybe Xavier Johnson. You uh, you just need guys in that can, that can be shooters. Timberlake very much is that. There's another name linked to Indiana that is a far more familiar name, a name within the Big Ten. We'll talk about who that is and where the Hoosiers stand on him in just one moment. First, let's talk about today's sponsor, FanDuel. Uh, I know it's a bummer that IU isn't in the tournament anymore, but that doesn't mean you can't still bet on the games. It's a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. I would not blame you if you just bet against Miami in both tournaments. That would be what I would do, because even if you're wrong, even if Miami still moves on, you still get bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you guys are checking out Locked On College Basketball again. Now that you've had time to kind of process the men's team being out, maybe you want to get more information on the tournament. These guys have you covered. They're already previewing the matchups in the uh, brackets in the second weekend, Sweet 16, Elite 8 matchups. So Isaac and Andy have you covered wherever you guys get podcasts available on YouTube, whatever it may be. I'm not going to lie, man. I am still bummed out about that women's game on Monday. I We mentioned it at the time in yesterday's podcast, if you didn't hear it. The phrase, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, IU shouldn't have been in that position from the get-go. Uh, that was the most un- unlike IU first half I've seen all season. It also really hurt after I got done recording, seeing the video from the opposite angle of the TV camera. 
It was actually Reggie Wayne, obviously a Indianapolis native, or maybe not native. He lives in Indianapolis. He went to the U. He was at the game. He was behind the bench. He took a video of the final shot in which the Miami player walked halfway to Indianapolis before shooting it. Four steps before shooting it with a referee staring right at her. That's brutal, man. That one's gonna that one's gonna haunt us, haunt me certainly for a little bit because that was such a a rough way to go out. Man, the officiating was abysmal all night. That's what you get. Don't put it in the hands of the officials and risk them just I don't know, closing their eyes. <laughs> it's it ah. That one that one's gonna be frustrating. Let's get back on topic with the men's team. And another transfer target. Another a name you probably saw enter the portal if you keep up with Big Ten news. Jamison Battle from Minnesota. Someone the Hoosiers have also reached out to. Very familiar name. Spent the last two seasons in Minnesota. IU is one of just a ton of schools who have reached out to him. I had to shorten the list. Travis Branham of 247 Sports listed them. I think it's like 17 or 18 schools. IU, obviously, Xavier, Clemson, Oklahoma, Iowa State, a lot of Big Ten schools, Ohio State, Nebraska, Illinois, Cincinnati has, Arkansas has. What's interesting, IU did reach out to him. Battle transferred to Minnesota from George Washington in 2021. Played two seasons at George Washington, Plays is now playing two seasons at Minnesota. He has one more year of eligibility left, and potentially in Bloomington. IU reached out to him when he transferred from George Washington to Minnesota. So there is some previous relationship there. However, that much matters. Battle listed at 6'7", 220 pounds. He's, for one, IU's going to have to replace their entire front court next season. Miller Cop, Race Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, Malik Renew is going to step in as a starter at center. Maybe Jordan Geronimo. That's a a question mark for a number of reasons. He wasn't in the rotation at all at the end of the season. Caleb Banks was seeing more time than him, and he's another name that could step up. Uh, Perhaps he plays as the starting power forward, either one of those guys. But at 6'7", 225 pounds with some shooting ability, uh, you could play battle in a couple of different positions. And either as a stretch four, maybe as a small forward, this is the type of player Indiana hasn't really had really in Mike Woodson's tenure. Just a a wing with some athleticism that can score the basketball. Miller Cop was a lot of things, and he was a lot better in his uh, final season in Bloomington, I think, than he was last year. He was, um, I still thought he was a square peg in a round hole. He was probably more, should have been played more as a power forward, but he absolutely made it work when it came to the, uh, playing as a small forward. I think it would be a lot easier, a lot better for battle to play that type of role as opposed to Miller cop. It, it's interesting in looking at um, battle and, and to that point about IU targeting these types of players, this is the type of player that led them was or is as well that we mentioned. He's more of just a straight kind of stretch for 
power forward type. Um, he's very much that type of guy. Battle, I think, could play as a four, as a five, or not a five, excuse me, as a three or as a four. So there's a little more versatility there, but this is what Indiana needs is versatility. Indiana was pretty rigid in how they, um, how their lineups looked. Uh, Jordan Geronimo didn't really develop in the way that IU had hoped, so they were kind of forced into playing two big lineups that couldn't really space the floor out. I don't know that that would work very much um, going forward. Like It worked this year because Trace Jackson Davis was one of the best players in the country. It would work a lot better if you're able to space the floor out and play that more modern style of basketball. So uh, that is, I think, describing Jamison Battle as someone who can play a modern style of basketball is probably the best way of, of looking at it. If you look at Evan Mia is a statistic site that we referenced before, he lists Battle as more of a small forward. Honestly, uh, kind of almost at times played shooting guard. So certainly would just in general help with size on the perimeter for Indiana. Statistically, it was a mixed bag this year. His first year in Minnesota, he averaged 17.5 points, 6.3 rebounds, shot 36% from the three-point line, 45% overall. Looked really, really good. Looked like I don't think it was a stretch to say he was one of the better players in the conference. Uh, this past season, though, he took a pretty notable dip. I don't know if I, I'm not going to lie and pretend that I watched a lot of Minnesota basketball. I don't know how much the personnel changed. I don't know if he was asked to take on a different role. I know that his assist percentage went up. His rebound percentage went down and his three point attempt rate jumped notably. Uh, so I don't know. He didn't necessarily have the ball in his hands more because his usage percentage didn't change, but it's, he certainly played a lot different. And the result was he shot 37% from the field, 31% from three and only averaged 12.4 points. So it was a much worse second season than a first season in Minnesota. I, uh, you obviously, if you're uh, if you're IU, if you're whoever it is, you have to kind of weigh those two and de- and determine if it was a change in play style, if he was asked to do something different, uh, if he was, what led to those changes. Ultimately, though, this feels like the type of player that Indiana needs: uh, a lengthy player who has some athleticism. At his best, can be a knockdown three-point shooter to, to stretch the floor. Um, it's a bit of a risk, though. I mean, 31.1% is bad on seven attempts per game. Is that, a, is that a fluke? Is that the exception? He'd never shot worse than 35% from three before that. It, it's, it's, it'll be something that teams will have to, to look at including the Hoosiers but uh, another name to monitor IU has reached out to him as well one final person to talk about not a transfer could IU be 
pulling another Malik Renu situation and jumping in last minute and grabbing a recruit late after a coaching change. We'll talk about who in just one moment. The Hoosiers last year zoomed in on Malik Renu after he decommitted from Florida after a coaching change. They had the benefit of having Jalen hood Shafino in their pocket, and he recruited as hard as anyone on the IU coaching staff. They land Renew. He was a really big get for the Hoosiers. This year, Garway Duell is a player who decommitted this week from Providence after Ed Cooley is leaving Providence, or already did for Georgetown. Now, not necessarily a foregone conclusion that he follows Cooley straight to Georgetown. I think the odds are probably still likely, but it he has completely reopened his recruitment, at least as he says, and IU is one of the teams that has reached out, according to Trevor Branham again of 247 Sports. Duel is listed as the number 81 recruit in the upcoming class a class that the Hoosiers missed out on a lot of guys in. We talked about that before the season last fall. IU swung and missed in 2023's class. This could help savage that, salvage that. Excuse me. Uh, he's a four-star recruit. They list him as the number 12 shooting guard in the country. Based on everything I read, he certainly seems like a much more of a point guard. What he is undeniably is athletic. And we talked about that after the men's game. IU lacked athleticism on the guard position, specifically around the perimeter. Miami was just more athletic, quicker, faster on the perimeter, and won those battles across the board. And so, Duel would immediately help. He's very fast, very quick. Those are two different things, and he is both of them. He is very good defensively which probably appeals him most to Mike Woodson. If you can get on the floor defensively, then you have a role on this team, and he he will put you out there. I mean, we mentioned this. Tamar Bates was played, I don't want to say played so much at the end of the year solely because he was good defensively, but he took lots of steps forward and was given a much longer leash because he was good defensively this year. Uh, and especially as the season went along, especially given how just uh, invisible he was offensively. Going back to Duel, though, the, the questions start to rise with what his role would be with the Hoosiers. He's at his best with the ball in his hands. Uh, it, it sounds like he's not the greatest decision maker. He uses his athleticism to get to the rim, to drive by guys. He still has to work on that decision-making part. But if he needs the ball in his hand, is that feasible next season? You have, you're planning on having Xavier Johnson coming back. That's one point guard and a point guard that's going to play a lot of minutes and almost always have the ball in his hand. You have Gabe Cups coming in, who I would say almost certainly has the backup point guard minutes sealed up. So anytime Xavier Johnson doesn't have the ball in his hands, Gabe Cups probably has the ball in his hands. Is there room to add someone like Duel? Can you find roles for him 
playing off the ball? Do you want to take a risk at bringing in another non-shooter when that has been such a prevalent issue for Indiana? You could also look at this as potential insurance if Xavier Johnson doesn't come back. He's going to need some leeway from the NCAA, Johnson is, to probably get that medical hardship uh, between he's, I think, just a tick over the number of games played. IU winning in each the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament might have helped him out there. He's going to need probably a little bit of leeway when it comes to getting that medical hardship. It doesn't sound like IU's very worried about that, that they think he's going to get it. I haven't seen anything to the contrary. Maybe if they recruit dual hard, it might signal that they're uncertain if Xavier will be allowed that medical hardship. Either way, it's a very interesting decision Indiana has to make. There are ways he could absolutely help the team. He would have been, a player like him would have been extremely helpful to put out there against Miami to try to combat some of that speed. I, he, If he could box somebody out and keep them off the offensive glass, that would have helped too. But there are ways he can help the team. There are, are also some questions about uh, whether he, he fits well with this team right now. Xavier Johnson's only there for one more year, even if he does come back. So maybe Duel is someone that you just kind of make work next season, and then he has a much bigger role in his sophomore season. With the transfer portal as open as it is, is that a risk you want to take as well? Maybe Duel doesn't like his role, and he enters the transfer portal. A lot of things to weigh when it comes to this, but Indiana has reached out to him. We'll see if anything comes of that, but the Hoosiers, even if we're still in mourning about the season coming to an end, they have actively moved forward in trying to fill some holes in this roster. As much as we learn and know things and hear things, we'll bring bring it to you guys. Again, there's probably a good chance in the coming days, in the coming weeks, probably more in the coming days, IU players very well could enter the transfer portal. So we'll bring that to you as well. But thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you uh, this week to talk more, do some of those postmortems on the men's team, the men's season, the women's team, the women's season. Just kind of reassess what the season was, what they need to do moving forward, things like that. So for your second listen, check out Locked On College Basketball. Isaac and Andy are killing it. Uh, You can hear everything you need to know about the college basketball tournament available on YouTube, wherever you guys get podcasts. Be sure you are following us on Twitter. We'll have instant reactions to anyone that enters the portal, anyone that commits to Indiana. You'll get that instant reaction from us there. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a quick rating and review. You guys have been supporting in mass this week. I greatly appreciate it. I wish I had happier news to share at the start of the week, but uh, you're still supporting us, and I can't thank you enough for that. So I hope you guys can uh, can bounce back from the IU loss. We're all still working on it. It'll be we'll get through it. We'll move forward. And we'll find some more things to talk about in the coming months as the offseason is now upon us very abruptly. So thanks as always, guys. And most importantly, Elio.